0: It's TechBiter Worldwide. I'm Bill Blinn with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the sports, most of the jingles, the weather, and the commercials. Podcast number 199 for Independence Day, July 4th, 2010. Recorded July 2nd. This week, I call the program Other Topics, NEC. NEC is not the National Electrical Code. Well, actually, NEC is the National Electrical Code, but not in this case. This time, it means Not Elsewhere Classified. I realized that I had several oddball thoughts and comments lying around. This is what Paul Harvey would have called a potpourri. This seems to be a good mix for a holiday weekend. First, a bit of a warning. TechnologyCorner.com and 610tech.net are soon going to go away. The last year that Technology Corner was on 610 WTVN was 2006. Since then, it's been TechBiter Worldwide. This month, the old domain names, technologycorner.com and 610tech.net, will become history. If you are still using either of them, you'll want to update your links. The two old domains will probably be picked up as soon as they're available by someone who may hope to sell them back to me. They probably won't be available for a few weeks, but they also won't point to TechBiter.com as they have since 2006. So the more things change, the more things change. Here's a question I received recently. It seems that somehow my email addresses, both Yahoo accounts, have recently been spoofed to send out spam. That is, I've seen spam messages with my address attached, and in one account I'm getting a lot of failure notices from spam that apparently didn't go through. Not that I've opened any of these messages, as I know I haven't sent anything from that account. Is there anything I can do? The answer to that is, sorry, but there isn't very much you can do. On the off chance that someone has actually used your Yahoo account, you could change the password. and That's probably not a bad idea regardless. But somebody is probably just using the address. It's easy enough to make a message appear to come from some other address. That's the common M.O. of a lot of spammers. The good thing is that this usually burns out in a day or two. But an acquaintance once received more than 1,000 bounces per hour. When his address was used this way, and his ordeal went on for the better part of a week, or maybe in his case it was the worst part of a week. This week's advertising flyer, which isn't really a flyer, it's an email, from MicroCenter, was remarkable for not being remarkable. And is it really still a flyer if it comes by email? Well, that's not what was remarkable, or remarkable by being unremarkable. The thought of a 500-gigabyte hard drive for $40 might once have been remarkable. And that's what was in this week's Micro Center mailer. This Seagate Barracuda 7200.9 is a 500-gigabyte standard hard disk drive. Its burst transfer rate, which is how fast the drive moves data already in its cache into your computer, is 300 megabytes per second. This is a 7,200 RPM drive and comes with a 16-megabyte buffer. If I could have bought a drive like that for $400, $400, not just 40 but $400 in 1985, I would have bought a 100 of them, and I would have easily sold them for $4,000 apiece and probably a lot more. But today, disk drives are cheap. I have seen 2-terabyte drives from second-tier manufacturers priced under $100, and 2-terabyte drives from manufacturers such as Seagate not much more than $100. So I wanted to be amazed, astounded, flabbergasted, but I couldn't bring myself to be any of those. It's no longer a big deal. Really, a drive that's 5,000 times larger than the original IBM PC's hard drive, at about 40% of the price of the original IBM PC hard drive, is no big deal. speaking of big deals, this week I replaced a 1400 by 900 pixel 17-inch monitor, which once seemed huge, with a 1920 by 1080 pixel 24-inch, actually 23.6-inch monitor. The extra resolution and size really make a difference. If you need to run a lot of applications simultaneously and be able to see more than one at a time, you have a couple of choices, more than one monitor or a large high-res monitor. If I'd had the money and the space, I would have upgraded to a 27-inch monitor or a 30-inch monitor, but those check in at a $1,000 or more. My 24-inch, 23.6, ViewSonic cost one-fifth of that, and it fits in the space I had available. When it's time for you to buy a new monitor, keep this in mind. Size does matter. The larger the screen you buy, the higher the resolution you can use, and the difference is worthwhile. Recently, I had a question about an electrical concern in my younger daughter's house. In the process of researching the question, I came across Just Answer, a website that promised me an answer to my questions for a few dollars, and I could specify how much I wanted to pay. This is an interesting idea. My question was answered by a licensed electrician in Boston. The site is very careful to point out, and I quote, Answers on this site are to be used for general information purposes only, not as a substitute for in-person evaluation or specific professional, such as medical, legal, veterinary, tax, financial, etc. advice. The laws, regulations, other governing authorities, standards, practices, and procedures that apply to your particular question may differ depending on your location and information typically discovered through in-person evaluations or visits. Experts in some categories may be licensed, certified, educated, employed, or have experience in only particular jurisdictions. End quote. Okay, I got that. The information I received was reasonable, accurate, and generally on the mark. Just Answers seems to have participants in many areas of expertise... I would treat the site as the equivalent of a call-in show on a radio station. The person answering the question may have the knowledge needed to answer your question, but it's important to keep in mind that responses are for general information purposes only. That sounds kind of like the disclaimer on the TechBiter Worldwide website. I have mentioned occasionally that I am a big fan of libraries, and this week the Grandview Heights Public Library announced something new. Free music downloads that are legal and free for you to keep. Well, that got my attention. According to the announcement from the Grandview Heights Public Library, this is the first library in Ohio to offer the service from Freegal. Other participating libraries include the Princeton, New Jersey Public Library, the Maricopa County Library District in Arizona, Orange County Public Library in Florida, Nashville Public Library in Tennessee, and the Fairfield Public Library in Connecticut. If you have a Grandview Heights Public Library card, and I do, you can search the large collection of music and download songs permanently at no charge. Freegal is the online database that the Grandview Heights Public Library uses. It provides access to many tracks from Sony music entertainment artists. There is one gotcha. You get three downloads per week, but the downloads may be stored permanently on your PC or Mac computer or on a smartphone or other device, including iPods. If you try to download more than three items per week, you'll get a wish list that'll become available at 12.01 a.m. the following Monday. I say it should because it actually didn't work for me. Probably a bug they'll get worked out. The notice from the library says that clean versions of songs have been selected. Songs labeled explicit by the music label have been filtered out. However, the library says there will be some songs that contain some explicit content. The Freegal Music Site is owned and operated by Library Ideas of Fairfax, Virginia. The organization supplies music, movies, language learning, and other products to libraries. Some participating libraries include games and videos in their offerings. Grandview Heights Public Library limits its offerings to music. As you drill down, you can listen to about 30 seconds of individual selections. The best bets are for classical music lovers. The individual tracks are longer, so the number of selections per CD is smaller. Even so, three items per week is limiting. To download a classical CD with even the longest tracks will probably take you several weeks. And the fact that the wish list seems not to be working will make the process even more problematic, at least in the short term. That's not to say this isn't a worthwhile endeavor. It is. And I salute the Grandview Heights Public Library for adding the service. The latest nonsense from people who want to enslave your computer looks like a legitimate notice from Wikimedia, Wikipedia, or any of several blogging services. The message says you've signed up and you need to click a link to confirm your address. Of course, if you didn't sign up, the message says you should click another link to cancel the action. Wrong. Legitimate operations don't require following a link to cancel the operation. If you signed up, you click the confirmation link. If you didn't sign up, the message will typically tell you to just ignore it, and the operation will be canceled automatically in 24 hours. This holds true for just about any message from just about any site. Or did you request a password change? If you did, click the link to accept the change. If you didn't, just delete the message. You'll see a sample of one of the messages on the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. Both of the links, confirm and cancel, go to the same dangerous location. So remember my motto, before you click it, check it out. If you are in Canada, I hope you had a pleasant Canada Day. If you're in the United States, I hope you have a pleasant Independence Day. And if you're elsewhere, just have a good weekend. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. Thanks. Bye-bye.